Thank you for coming to the podcast. This is Top Turtle MMA Podcast on FlowCombat.com. I'm Daniel Gumby Freeland, joined as always by my co-host Shockwave Dave Tremonte. The UFC back in Vegas this week for a card that's it's taking a little bit of heat. Not a lot of people really amped up on this one, but we are going to break down our three favorite fights as part of I versus Calvillo live from Las Vegas at the Apex. And we'll give you also an underdog and a parlay to play as part of our Fights, Dogs, and Parlays segment. Plus, we're talking with two of the fighters who are on that card. We're talking with Marvin Vittori as he gets ready for his bout with Carl Roberson. And man, is he heated about this bout. And plus, we'll be talking to Gina Mazzani, who takes this fight just nine days before it against Julia Avila. She's going to be talking about her mental preparation, particularly some of the things she got from Robert Follis, uh, the late Robert Follis, before he passed on, and how she's using that now to prepare for this fight. But before we get to any of that great stuff, i got to remind you that this episode is brought to you by Maroon Social. M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. Whether you do judo, sambo, kickboxing, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, or any other martial art, they've got you covered with a way to track your progress, leave yourself notes, track your competitions, talk to friends who have moved away, or many, many, many other features. So I highly suggest checking them out. And if you're not training martial arts right now, they also have ways to log your other exercise like running or yoga. So they've got you covered even in a pandemic. Maroon Social, wherever it is you download apps. Maroon Social brings you this episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast, and it starts right now. This is Daniel Gumby Freeland from Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com, and today I have the pleasure of speaking to Marvin Vittori, who fights Carl Roberson at UFC I versus Calvillo on June 13th. So, Marvin, I want to start by talking about the fact that you know you were scheduled to fight Carl Roberson a month prior. We obviously know that that fight got canceled, and you guys had a little bit of a run-in at the hotel with each other after it was canceled. Can you share with us a little bit about what you and maybe he said about it during that run-in? Yeah, I mean, um, well, you know, like uh, I had a, I've been, a, I have, a, I had a bit of bad luck throughout this uh, beginning of the year to now to for fighting because uh, I was supposed to fight in London on the 21st of March, and I went to London and then that fight, that fight was crashed because of because of. Uh, coronavirus reasons and travel ban reasons and stuff. So then, uh, so that that goes crashed. Then I go scheduled with a few different for a few different fights throughout April, and uh, and then um, finally I got this fight uh, in uh, June. No, in, uh, in May scheduled for May, and uh, we got all the way to fight day. And uh, and the fucking fight day, this guy pulls out. So obviously, I wanted to talk to him face to face and ask him what happened if I had a chance to. And uh, so I found him in the lobby, basically. And I went out to him and I said, "What what, what happened? What why did you pull out?" And his coach started to talk, and he's like, um, "Oh well, he fainted after." recharging he fainted we called the UFC medical assistant they did some tests and his kidney values were off and and I was like man I didn't tell him that but I was like man like how I mean you know 
to me, you're kind of looking for a way out because if you, like, fame can mean a lot, like, it can mean nothing. So just, like, give it a look after you feel better and, like, see what's up and don't call right away the UFC medical team because obviously they're going to pull you from the fight. And if you have, like, if you had a, like, if you really want to fight, man, there's no fucking way over something like that you're not going to uh, show up on, on fight day. And also, like, the kidney values, yeah, of course, you just did a hard way, because like 99% they're going to be off. But I didn't tell him that. And they were all, like, down, and, like, they were, like, not happy with what happened, and, like, uh, uh, disappointed, and this and that. And so I was about to walk off. And the moment I woke off, before I told him, but listen, you know you fucked up, right? Like, like you know it's a fucked up situation, or like you know you fucked up. I said that, and he's like, "Yeah, I know, I fucked up, something like that." And then I know what happened. Like he, he felt his ego, and the moment I was walking off, he's like, "Oh, but I heard you said I'm scared to fight you," and I'm like, "Hell yeah, you said that." Like I, I, I said you were a, a broken man yesterday, and you're a broken man today. That's what I said to him, and. Uh, and then from there, he, he kind of, like, put his chest out and, like, kind of, like, uh, challenged me to, like, let's fight now. And I'm, like, and there's where I freaked out because I'm, like, how the fuck are you going to try to fight me now in the lobby and you were supposed to fight in a couple of hours? Let me how. Let me, tell me, tell me how, in, 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 in which kind of war you're going to try to do that. And obviously then the video tells and all that. But, yeah, I mean, that's what happened. And so when when they come back to you with the name Carl Roberson to fight again, when when they said you know let's rebook this, let's rebook this for a month down the road, what was your reaction to that? Well, first of all, I said he doesn't deserve it because I think he doesn't deserve it. He had his chance and uh, he doesn't deserve it. I showed up so many times throughout these six months. I did everything right. I did everything fucking right. Always super professional. Always on 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 point. Always said yes to anybody. Not a complaint, nothing. Always, always doing my job at 100%. This guy got rescheduled. He was supposed to fight the 28th of April. They rescheduled him on, on early May, and he still couldn't do the, the fucking job. And uh, I'm like, and uh, for a moment I was like, fight, fuck, he doesn't deserve it. I, I just, like, uh, I want to fight higher names and stuff like that. Then I'm like, um, then my concern was like, Listen, he didn't make weight with the, with the whole time before, with this time before. How is he going to make weight in a month? But at the end of the day, I don't really care if he's weight. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'll, uh, I just care he shows up at the end of that cage. But uh, so I was, uh, I had some concern about like if he was able to actually, how can I trust this guy now? How can I fucking trust him? But then, uh, like, you know what? At the end of the day, at the end of the day, let me smash it. Let me smash the face of this guy once for all. And uh, and I'm like, all right, let's do it. You know, like, one thing about me, like, people, like, people think I'm talking and then, they, and then they're like, and then in the fight I don't show up. Like, <laughs> that's not the case. He's like, keep that same energy bullshit thing. I'm like, man, like, how the fuck do you tell me that? Like, don't you know I do keep the fucking same energy? Like, I, it's not even a question, man. I'll come and, like, like meet you face to face. Every fucking second of the fight. Now, now I gotta ask you too. You know, you, you said how's he gonna make weight a month after when he had to make weight a month ahead of time too. 
you're doing this twice too. It's worth noting that you're going through multiple weight cuts here. You've now been through, you know, quite a bit of dieting, quite a bit of weight cutting. How's your body holding up through all of it? Oh yeah, but you need, you need, you, I he doesn't have my mindset. He doesn't have my nutritionist. He doesn't have a, which is Mateo Capodaglian. I think he does a tremendous job with the, with his work, and uh, he doesn't have my my discipline. He doesn't have. He's not me. So I I know I can't do it, but I don't trust this guy. But uh, my body's holding up good. Actually, I think this time I'm gonna have, I'll be like better than even any other time. So. Yeah, I mean, well, we're going to do it like, uh, uh, we're not going to do it drastically. We're, we're, my weight is coming off pretty good, and yeah, I, everything is going good. So I, I, don't, I don't see major problems in weight for me, and uh, it will be good. And, and, you know, you mentioned in there, too, that you were looking for a higher name, not somebody like Carl Roberson again. If you win this, this is going to be three wins in a row. Do you feel like this finally gets you that that ranked opponent you've been looking for? Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure, hundred percent. They promised me that too. Yes, absolutely. The the UFC promised you that you would get a ranked opponent with a win over Carl Robertson here. Yeah. Awesome. And do you have a name on, in mind too? Like obviously there are a couple of people right there on the the edge of the rankings that you might be looking at. Are are there some people that you have in mind? Well, there was a um, they they uh, the name that came up is not in the rankings, but I'm pretty sure like after I beat him, who came in the ranking, then I'd be really I'd be I'd be happy to to face him if if if, if he does accept is uh, Jacare, and um, I won I won that fight. Uh, uh, he was it was it was on the talk. It was on the it's been on the talk for a second, I guess in. Didn't want, he didn't want to fight me or something, or he, he was still sick, he was still wants to weigh, like, nothing disrespectful, I don't want to disrespect the guy, you know, like, the guy, uh, he, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's a great athlete, he has, he has great history, so I don't want to disrespect him in any way, but he did come up and, he did come out in the talks and he didn't get penalized. But at the end of the day, I fucking smash anybody. Like, I think I'm the best in the world and uh, whoever. Like, I, I don't even care. Like, who makes, like, my, the UFC knows. The UFC knows that I don't turn down anybody. So, I'll be ready. I just don't want to, I, I, I just, I just won't let anybody step over me, but like, uh, from now on, I know you know, like I'll be careful on that. But um, but I, I'm I don't care who I, I don't care about who I'm fighting. Honestly, like in terms of, like if, if 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 it makes sense in terms of like climbing up, I don't care who. All right. Well, before we can get to any of that, obviously we got this fight with with Carl Roberson coming up. Why don't you give us our prediction before we let you go? How do you see this fight ending? I don't. I, I see. Thing. I'll see uh, 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 for him getting choked out or getting knocked out. I'll see him breaking. He's he doesn't have like he he, he he's very breakable. Let's put it that way. Uh, he will. I won't make it. All right. Well, you heard it. You heard it here first, folks. This is Marvin Vittori who fights Carl Roberson at UFC I versus Calvillo on June 13th. 
Marvin, thank you so much for the time, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you very much, man. Thank you. And that interview with Marvin Vittori is brought to you by Battle Clan Gear. Visit BattleClanGear.com and use promo code TURTLEUP10, that's T-U-R-T-L-E-U-P-1-0, for 10% off your whole order there. They've got awesome grappling gear, spats, rash guards, shorts, whatever it is you need. Not only does their stuff look great, but it also feels phenomenal. In addition to that, if you're not grappling right now, or maybe you're not a grappler at all, you can check out their sweatshirts, t-shirts, they've got coffee mugs, the works. Check them all out. All of their stuff is fresh at BattleClanGear.com. This is Daniel Gumby Freeman with Top Turtle MMA on FlowCombat.com. And today, I have the pleasure of speaking to Gina Mazzani, who fights Julia Avila at UFC I versus Calvillo on June 13th. So, Gina, you know, just a week ago, you were not fighting on this card. You were not even in the UFC. Take us through the news that you got to fight this weekend. How surprised were you? Man, a lot's happened in a week, but, you know... Uh, it's, it's been crazy. It's, um, I've kind of already always had a feeling that I still, I, I've, I've always still believed since I've gotten fired that I still belong in the UFC and I belong in a good MMA promotion. Um, and so I, I kind of just, I just kept training and kept working. And, um, it was funny, the, the more, or Tim and I were leaving practice and I was telling him how, I was like, man, I feel like I've been getting ready for my wedding for months. And like, I've been making a new wedding cake every week and I've been planning everything out, but nobody wants to propose to me. And then two hours later, I get a call from my manager asking me if I wanted to fight. And I didn't even, I didn't even hear the name of who he said. And I just took it right away. I was just so happy and grateful and uh, things happen in a crazy way. They certainly do. And, and I was going to ask you too, you know, you said you were getting prepared. Was it frustrating sort of being in the climate where, you know, like it's sort of the UFC is the only one putting up fights at this time? Yeah. You know, it's, it, I, I want to say it is, it was kind of, I mean, it wasn't, you know, honestly, it wasn't really frustrating because I knew, I know myself as a human and as an athlete that I'm, I'm just kind of always ready. And that's the, that's the position I've put myself in. Um, that I'm, I'm always training. I'm always, I'm always close. To, I'm for the, for the most part, I'm always close to weight um, because of these opportunities, you know, they, they may come and knock and they may come and knock and within nine days, which is when I got the call. Um, and I don't think a lot of, a lot of the, a lot of girls right now are, no, I mean, I, I was, I was just ready for any opportunity. And especially from the UFC, I'm like, I live in Las Vegas. That's why I moved here is for these kind of short notice opportunities. So, um, the stars are aligning, you know? And, and did I see, too, in, on your Instagram that you were training with Jessica I to prepare for her fight as well? Did that play into your, your ability to be ready, or would you have been ready anyway? Yeah, no, that yeah, that's my homie. We, uh, we, yeah, we got together a few times and grappled and stuff, and, yeah, she's, she's one, of my, one of my good friends, and I'm um, super excited for her to fight Cynthia. I think that's going to be a firecracker fight. Um and yeah, I just, you know, and, and she was one of the first pe- person, like one of the first people I called when I, you know, when I got the call and she wasn't surprised at all. It was, it was almost, it was weird. It was kind of like a normal conversation. She's like, yeah, she's like, this is, this is, this is expected. This is supposed to happen. You know, she's like, you work so hard. And, um, so it was, it was good. And was it a relief too? I, I know some fighters have said that it's really annoying having to go back and fight on the regional scene and sort of like make your way back to it. You only had to do it once. Is there somewhat of a relief there or were you willing to fight as many times as necessary to get back to where you belong? Oh, for sure. I mean, I knew that it, it I, I had, I mean, 
I was honestly expecting to fight a few times, you know, out of the UFC and then get back in there. But I also knew when the pandemic hit and I knew that they were doing these like smaller shows that, um, these shows of the APEC. So like there was a good, there was a good chance for me to, uh, be able to be on one of those cards. So I lived 20 minutes away from that place. So, um, yeah, it, it, yeah. It's, I felt like the when the pandemic hit, I kind of saw that as more of like an opportunity, which, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, it, it is nice to be able to get something out of it. Now, too, I, I want to talk about the specific fight too, because obviously, like you said, you accepted the fight regardless of who the opponent was. But you've got a tough opponent here in Julia Avila. What did you know of her before finding out that she was the name that you were fighting? Um, I, I knew she was, t- you know, it's funny. We follow each other on Instagram and actually right after I accepted the fight, she messaged me and she's like, thanks so much for taking the fight. You saved it. Um, I'm like, yeah, of course. Thanks for, <laughs> I'm glad I have an opportunity to be back in here. But, uh, no, I knew she was tough and she's, she's fought some, some game opponents. Um, and she's beat some game opponents and she's, in my opinion, she's technically undefeated. Her one loss is from her, her bone sticking out of her finger. So, I mean, that's a, that's a, uh, it's a, it's a, it's a tough opponent, you know, but hell, I, I don't remember the last time I haven't fought a tough opponent. So, um, you know, she's, she's very well-rounded. She's kind of good at everything, but I'm really well-rounded. I'm pretty good at everything. Uh, I'm, uh, it's, it's nice. It, it's, I think it'll make for a good fight because it's not, you know, it's not like she has like a crazy overhand, right. That just, you know, she's not like an Amanda Nunez, right. You know, she doesn't have like a, you know, she's not like a Sarah McMahon, like she's, like Sarah like so specialized and Amanda knocks people out on their feet and um, she's just kind of good at everything. So it, I think it's a great matchup. I think it'll be a really fun fight. Um, yeah, she's a tough girl, but I mean, I'm not, uh, to be fair, I'm not really worrying about her too much. I don't really like to watch tape. That's not my jam. I have had my boyfriend and my coaches watch tape on her and I watch a few of her fights, but that's about it. But I'm, you know, the, the main thing for this fight is worrying about myself and what I can do and, how I can perform and, um, and just not like this, this isn't about her. This is about me, you know? Well, well, I like that mentality. Now I do have to ask you too, since, since you've been, you know, away from the UFC for about a year, what, what do you feel like has improved most in your game in that time? You said you've been working hard the whole time. Um, I think what I've improved most is honestly, is my mental game. Um, which if you ask anybody like that, you know, that was a, that was a, a tough thing for me. I, I've had, three losses and that's pretty heavy loss in the UFC and that kind of messed with me a little bit. Um, but I feel I, I, that's, it's coming back and, and how my mental game's coming back is like all my skills are coming together and, um, it's, and it, and like, like during my sparring sessions and stuff, like everything's just coming together. Like I feel like I'm putting all the pieces together. It's like I had a puzzle and I didn't have any of the middle pieces and now I have the middle pieces. So it's just like tying everything together, my striking to my wrestling to my, you know, to my ground, to my, you know, just, just kind of, yeah, just like a little, little sprinkle of everything's improving in my opinion. I, I like that. Now I do want to ask you a little bit more about the mental game aspect too, because you said that feels like where you're, you're gaining the most. Did you feel like you had to do something specific to turn the corner in that mental side or was it just more time? Um, I think it was time, but then also like, I feel like as athletes, we, we work so hard on like our diet and our, you know, like training and whatnot, but I, I'm a big, I'm recently, I've been a big advocate for like mind training and, um, like meditating and visualizing. And my, uh, my, one of my old coaches, Robert Fallis, before he, before he died, I, he, he always hoped on, um, on visualization and, um, and, and that, that's a game changer. It's like, if you already saw yourself winning in your mind a hundred times, then why can't it be a hundred and one times in the real life, you know? So it's, 
it uh so that's really helped like honestly like meditating visualization um and, and just like believing in myself and being like i'm actually really good at fist fighting let's be real <laughs> you know like just kind of like like some of all you know i'll have moments where i'm like oh i suck and then i'm like i'll stop and i'll take a step back and i'm like yeah but you're fighting grown men and like you know you just just like believing in yourself and stuff well, I love that, and it's great that you can take something away from Coach Fowles, too, uh, after all of that time with him. Now, I, I do have to ask you, you, you said you've been visualizing a lot, and you've been working on that kind of stuff. How do you visualize this one going? What's your prediction for the fight? Oh, man, I have so many so many fun ideas. Um, I don't know, a little little elbow to the mouth and a little a little knee to the, to the little brain. I don't know. <laughs> just just something fun. I feel like I'm a... I feel like my striking's gotten so much better and um and like my angles and I, I just I just I don't know. I, I'm hoping it I'm hoping I'll be finishing her and I'm hoping it'll be devastating for her. Bless her heart and I, I I'm I'm grateful that to be fighting her, but I'm I'm looking forward to uh to beating her up on Saturday. And we're looking forward to that fight as well. Once again, fans, this is Gina Mazzani who fights Julia Avila at UFC I versus Calvillo on June thirteenth. Gina, thank you so much for the time. We really appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys having me on. Thanks, Gina. And the, this audio will uh, will probably be compiled and put out on, like, uh, Tuesday or Wednesday, of, so either tomorrow or the day after. Um, and I'll make sure I tag you in social media, all that good stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. You guys have a good day. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Gina Mazzani and the one before with Marvin Vittori. I, I actually want to start – First, by talking about the interview with Marvin Vittori, I'm once again joined by my co-host, Shockwave Dave Tremonte. Dave, our guy Vittori has got some serious pent-up rage for this one. I would not want to be across the cage from that guy this weekend. OMG, is this one dark, pissed-off version of Vittori, and I absolutely love it. I, I do feel bad for everything he's gone through with all the cancellations. This man flew to the UK for that card that got scraped. And got stuck there. I mean, I can't imagine a worse nightmare scenario for a fighter. So I am rooting hard for him this weekend. And that's not just because he came on our show. Yeah, and and it's really crazy, too. One more thing about that UK cancellation. The fact that his opponent wound up fighting on a Cage Warriors card, which is just so incredible (laughs) that, like, he did all of these things to try to make sure he got to fight, didn't get to fight. Yeah, I'm pumped for him to finally get to fight again this weekend. And, you know, fingers crossed everything goes well. Well, I am pumped for that as well, but I'm not as pumped for the card as a whole. This card taking a lot of heat, as they say online, for not really packing the star power. But I will say, Gumby, it's kind of on brand for us to be the MMA nerds and go the other way on these things. Once these fights start rolling out and there's a slick finish or a good back-and-forth war, we're not going to be complaining that there are fights on, right? No, no, absolutely not. And, and also, while these are not loaded with star power names, and if you look at the rankings, there aren't a ton of guys in the rankings, you're also looking at a fight card that's got a lot of interesting stylistic matchups. And I think that's what you're going to see, too, as we start our favorite segment. Fights, dogs, and parlays, baby. We're going to be breaking down a couple of fights. We're going to give you a couple of dogs you might want to bet on. And a couple of parlays to play. Let's start with the main event, as we are uh, often found doing. It's Cynthia Cavijo, a minus 115 
against Jessica I, who's also semi-favorite, I guess you could say, at minus 105. So Vegas doesn't really know what to make of this. What do you make of this? Yeah, and I've seen this fluctuate, too. It has been even at times here at both at negative 110. But last I checked, Calvillo moved into the favorite role at negative 115. Still negative money on Jessica I here, too. It's really interesting to me, too, right? Because Jessica I right now is ranked number one at flyweight. And Cynthia Calvillo, this is her first fight at flyweight, right? So for me, instantly, when I see numbers like this, and I, I know that I is right at the top and Calvillo is just appearing, my heart screams, stay away from this when you're gambling, right? Like, this is a fight you do not want to put money down on. But if you're asking me to make a straight-up pick here, I think I am going with the favorite Calvijo just entering the division. I've always thought that she was too big for 115. The weight cut seemed to take a lot out of her. She seems to get tired as the fights go on. But moving up, not only is she going to be more healthy and look better in the later rounds, I also think her wrestling and strength is going to be better up the division. And I think that might be the difference maker here. Because if you look back at Jessica I's previous fights, She's had a little bit of trouble with takedown defense. She was taken down twice by Valentina Shevchenko, which obviously, you know, no harm in that before she gets head kicked. She also got taken down twice by Viviana Ruyo, who is not necessarily the best takedown artist. And if you go back, you know, there's a couple other fights where she got taken down by Kalindra Faria, who is no longer even in the UFC, I'm pretty sure. So she's now fighting somebody who's got a great wrestling background. Cynthia Calvillo, coming off that draw against Marina Rodriguez, had three takedowns against Marina Rodriguez, who is an absolute killer. She also took down Paulina Botello twice. She took down Carla Esparza, like... She may not have the best takedown accuracy numbers, but the way that she chains takedowns together and her entries to the takedowns, I think winds up being a big enough problem here for Jessica I for her to be able to get a decision. And the really interesting thing will be, how does she perform in a five-round performance given that she's coming up a division? Very interesting. Not going to disagree with anything you just laid out. I think you made a very strong case for it. Let's go to Marvin Vittori. Uh, friend of the show, minus 210 against Carl Roberson, a plus 175. Who are you taking here, and why is it Vittori? <laughs> so, I'm obviously going with Marvin Vittori, and not just because he is a guest on the show, but I actually think Marvin Vittori is one of the most critically underrated fighters in the middleweight division right now. A lot of people don't, don't have him ranked. I, I am not one of them. I am a guy who has him in his top 15. He has got back-to-back decision wins over Andrew Sanchez and Cesar Fajeda, where he has kind of bullied them around, which has been really interesting. And people might not remember because there's been so many cancellations for him, but his last fight before that win streak was a split decision loss. That means one judge had him against Israel Adesanya. You know, he hung with Israel Adesanya on his feet. He was able to pressure him a little bit, put him up against the cage. And if you're able to do that to Israel Adesanya, which literally nobody else has done, I like his chances to do it to Carl Roberson here. And and Carl Roberson does his best work in the clinch, but the fact that Marvin Vittori has been able to avoid big damage in the clinch to a lot of other fighters who I I think might even be better than Carl Roberson in the clinch, I think makes him an easy pick here at negative 210. And as you'll see a little bit later, I think it's also a really good one to put in a parlay. Uh, Marab Devalishvili is minus 350, strongly favored over uh, our boy Ray Borg, who you could bet at plus 260. Who are you taking here? And if you had to give a path to victory for Borg, even if you are taking Devalishvili, 
I'd like to hear what Borg's path to victory is. So you you know I'm a huge Ray Borg fan, but but part of the problem I have with even thinking about picking Ray Borg here is that he's been beaten by far worse wrestlers than Mirab Davalashvili, right? Like uh, he fought Casey Kenny in his bantamweight, maybe a re-debut. I can't remember if it was a debut or a re-debut, but he fought Casey Kenny and was badly outgrappled, right? So now he comes in and he fights Mirab Davalashvili who, by the way, has also fought Casey Kenny. He took him down 12 times. So if we're talking about a guy who couldn't out-wrestle Casey Kenny, now stepping in with the guy who brutalized Casey Kenny and made him look like a fool in wrestling, I, I mean, like, the path to victory for, for Mirab Devalishvili is huge. Now, there is obviously a path to victory for Ray Borg, and for me, it exists within his scrambling, right? Mirab Devalishvili, great wrestler, but at the same time, He's more like give it an attempt, maybe chain it together a little bit. If it fails, he backs away. Whereas Ray Borg is a guy who scrambles. He moves to the back quickly. I think really counter wrestling is probably his best bet here in looking for a submission because I don't think he's got the the wrestling and I don't think he's got the striking to outwork Mirab Devalishvili for three full rounds. So I think he's going to need to look for a submission and I think he's probably got to do it through counter grappling. Our underdog of the week is Hannah Cyphers. She's a dog at plus 175. Why do we like her? So Hannah Cyphers is fighting Maria Agapova. She is doing so on just 14 days off from her last fight. That's right. She fought Mackenzie Dern 14 days before this fight, and she's turning around and fighting again. Now, she's the only fighter in history to fight on two weeks from her previous fight in the UFC Coming off of a loss, and I think the reason the UFC did that is, first of all, they needed a replacement for this fight. And second of all, you also have to remember, she looked damn good against Mackenzie Dern until she was stupid enough to grapple with her. And I know that that seems really mean, but her hands were playing very well against Mackenzie Dern. She looked very composed in there. She made a mistake. She is fighting somebody whose grappling is obviously not as good as Mackenzie Dern and who was outstruck on the Contender Series by Tracy Cortez. Now, I like Tracy Cortez. I think she's a fun prospect, but I think Hannah Cyphers is a better striker than Tracy Cortez. So if Cortez was able to outstrike Agapova, I think Cyphers does the same here. And I think now, knowing that she's not going to go to the grappling, she made that as a clear mistake and has learned from it. I think plus 175 is a easy play here i think some of it is probably the bookmakers having to dump like early odds on a fight and not being able to feel it out only five days before the fight which is when this was made so like i think hannah cypher's got extreme value make sure you get in on her early before the money dumps in on her uh our parlay to play is jordan griffin a minus 240 favorite uh pack them together with marvin vittori at minus 210 it gets you better odds than that. Why do you like that combo? So I really like that combo because, well, first of all, I already talked about what you can get with Marvin Vittori, right? Negative 210 are great odds for Marvin Vittori. I think the guy has uh, got a clear path to victory against uh, um, Carl Roberson. In, in knowing that, I think he's a safe play. Now, let's look at Jordan Griffin, who's fighting Derek Minner. He already fought Derek Minner. Not a lot of people know this. This is a a second fight for them. They fought at LFA 34, and Jordan Griffin won by a pretty clear and obvious submission victory. So, like, knowing that he is a much better grappler, he's got that momentum in the UFC, and that Minner is not like, it's not like a striker versus grappler matchup. It's a grappler versus grappler matchup where one grappler is way better. There's a reason he's a negative 240 favorite. I think it's an obvious play. Put them together, you're going to get plus 110, which 
it, it doesn't seem like a ton, but knowing that you can get plus money on two guys you can be perfectly comfortable with, I think is an easy play here to double it up. Well, that about sums it up for us. You, can, of course, can catch us on our Twitter, at Top Turtle on the May. We'll be tweeting during the show. Let us know if we did you dirty on our picks this week, or let us know if we helped you out. We're pretty good at what we do and normally hit the mark, but hey, we're not perfect at the same time either. You're welcome to let us know if we weren't, but I have a feeling we did pretty good this week. So hit us up at Top Turtle MMA on Twitter. Gumby, let's wrap up this bad boy. And that's going to do it for another episode of Top Turtle MMA Podcast. We want to thank you, the fans, for tuning in each and every week. Couldn't do what we do without you guys. We also couldn't do what we do without Flow Combat, The Mothership, or our two sponsors, Maroon Social and Battle Clan Gear. We want to remind you guys to check out our Twitter, at Top Turtle MMA. You can also check us out on Instagram, which we've got a fresh new page going there, at Top Turtle MMA as well. And I'm Daniel Gumby-Vreeland, he's Shockwave Dave Tremonte, and we will see you next week.